Greetings gamers, I'm Ben Roth. And I'm Shoot Kapow. And this is very good music. VGM Podcast. <laughs> Wait, did you say your did you say your name? <laughs> oh no, I just say my name. Oh. Alright, let's add that. Yeah, in. that's right. So, I'm at, so first, I'm first we do that. Okay. The name. And gotcha. then and then I come back and I say and you're listening to very good music. And then VGM you say VGM podcast. podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tight. I'll just yeah, amazing. we'll just splice it in. Cool. And scene. Congratulations. And this is for real. Alright. Tight. And this is Lord Ryan of Ryanness of Ryan Steel. Oh goodness! And this is Lord Ryan, his gangstinous steel. And you're like li- my cool theater teacher. And you're listening to very good music. And then you say, "Hot mess a VGM podcast." That's a VGM podcast. VGM podcast. That is what editing is for. I was saying to hot mess with Ryan Steel VGM podcast. I'm on fire. Okay, I gotta, I gotta settle my nerves. I don't know what's going on here. It's all, all right, right let's dude. do this thing. Wait, aren't we, aren't we doing this? Wait, I don't recall writing music for a game called Wait. That's cool. So, yes, as as the listeners hear this, we will have two weeks ago released our episode about cat games. Oh my gosh. And this is good. Starring music from uh, Bowser's nice, Fury. And this is a nice follow-up. And this is a nice follow-up to that. Because we're talking about... My character's just me, but with slightly different personalities. Hmm. You should, uh... So, Ryan, welcome to the show. Yeet, as the kids <laughs> say. At least I'm told. <laughs> I, yes. I have many personalities, but, like, I never actually use them. None of them are chosen. They're all... Uh, oh man, I'm already blanking on my dishes. Uh, I know I'm done. I do that all the time. That's the only personality. Spontaneous. Spontaneous. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You're. I'm trying to say you have multiple personality disorder with being more clever, but my clever button just broke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that does happen. Anyways, you have a clever button. I gotta use that sometimes. Yeah. Ryan is also one of our patrons at the very glorious member level. The microphone will pick that up. And Ooh, I'm talking, so I can't edit it out. Hold on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Blooper material, I'll, yes. I'll fix it. Our mouse anyway. our mouse has busted. Hold on. Um, Wait. So, no, I, I clicky, it clicky, boy. So I could click it. Oh, yeah. So, I, there's an off switch. So, so, wait. So, you literally just, like, pick it up so you could click it and make noise while we're doing the show? No, so I could, I could steal it. And then I decided to click it because I'm weird. Okay, no, all stop. Right. Leave it. And okay, we don't want to keep Ryan on like all night. <laughs> well, <clears throat> okay, sure. Why not? It makes so, for a good blooper reel. Ryan, yes, but the blooper reel at this rate is going to be as long as the show. <laughs> We're going to have to release like a second episode. Would that just... really be a bad thing, though? Uh, listeners, tell us in the comments: Would an episode-long blooper reel be a bad thing? But for now. Very cool. Or, or to quote another uh, Canadian, Ryan, cats who are rapscallions are tight. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are big fans of Ryan George on YouTube. Not a sponsor. All right. <clears throat> no idea who that is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is everything okay? Wait, was that things. was that a was that a catastrophe <laughs> just then? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, wow. Okay. I've got a lot more experience with dad than, than you. Yeah, just just wait a few more mm-hmm. and it'll 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 come up. <laughs> All right. It was much so, better back in his old college days. No. So the next track is the first track that you hear, I think, in-game, pretty sure. This is called Cats at the Fort. And then the track that will that, that will lead into is Paw Print Nights, which I believe, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, is the nighttime version of like when you're at the fort. Indeed. Okay. All right. So let's listen to those two songs, and we will talk a little more when we come back. And I think I'm just going to keep the recording running, Ryan, while like the quote-unquote music is there, and that way it'll just be okay. easier for like me to um, copy the copy your audio over to mine. Sure. Uh, we can listen to the tracks a little bit. Uh, we don't have to. It just depends on on how we're doing with the recording. I figure you know these songs fairly well. <laughs> yeah, for the most um, part. <clears throat> I've yep. listened to them a lot. Yep. I know about my stuff. It's just a matter. When I picked my my tracks, and I may talk a little about this in the episode right now, we're kind of off, you know, off the record, but I wanted to pick some things that these are not necessarily the tracks that I enjoy the most, although I like the whole soundtrack. I picked tracks specifically to um, like showcase your range on this soundtrack because I thought it was pretty impressive, Um, and I like the kind of the appropriately military feel of Cats at the Fort. Um, yeah, yeah, Shukapau likes yeah. The, the snare drum. I love snare drum. This is the very... This is the very first song I ever wrote for this game. Cool, yeah. We can talk about that, too. Because a lot of times, you know, the, like people say, oh, yeah, the first song I wrote ended up being the end credits theme or something like that, so... It'll be cool to hear about that. And then, first, first theme I wrote. No, was it was. Battle this is like, five. oh, this should this should be my placeholder track. And then I was like, I should probably. It's one of those things where it's like, because I wrote it in like, oof, twenty sixteen, like before I went to audio school. I always thought to myself, oh, later down the road when we release the game, I should like reevaluate the song and like make it bigger or something. And then I could just never, never found a way to make it bigger or better. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it the way it is. Uh, the thing is, is that this OST is like a journey of five years of uh, progression of my composition to what I am now to a point. That's cool. So it's like, it goes through a long span of of compositional. So in some cases, it's like, I feel like I should go back and change things even after like the game is released. And I got, I'm like, man, those guitars are not quite on time. And then at some point, I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. 
I'm so not. do you um it can just be what it do is you have a preference for like what order we go in we can either go like uh something i picked and then something you picked or we can go in like soundtrack order uh what what do you have a preference either is fine sorry just we can go in okay. uh we can go in soundtrack order right. sure yeah we'll go ahead and do that then all right that'd be interesting okay I'll do all the talking at the end because I think all my tracks are pretty much DLC tracks. Yeah, so that's interesting because I've I haven't gotten. It'll be you'll find it's very shocking. You'll it's because it's all the music I wrote, like after the original game was done, and I was like, oh, good, we need more music for the game. Uh, here's all the songs I'm currently working on. <laughs> All the ones that I'm actually proud of. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and come back. And I may bring some of that in because some of that was actually pretty cool. But, um, okay. but yeah, we can come back officially and uh, we'll start picking up the pace a little bit for us now. So it's kind of how it went with uh, with my first episode with Skeletor 2. Uh, we had ended up having like a 30-minute intro <laughs> on part one of the finale for season two. And um, this, this one I don't think is going to be quite that long but uh, it, it was a lot of fun and yeah okay so we'll come back now and uh <clears throat> yes um back on the whole nintendo force thing uh All right. i don't i don't really think it'll be around when when rj and i are done with aura if we ever do like actually do it but like if there is a sort of nintendo force type thing going on there then i mean they might still be around they, they don't have any plans to shut it down but yeah that'd be cool uh, i can we can we can write them in about that too all right <clears throat> and that was <laughs> and that was cats at the fort and paw print knights from catlandia crisis at fort paw print composed by ryan Steele, our guest for today's episode and yeah, all the info about Catlandia is going to be in the show notes, so I'm not going to say all that stuff for every single track. Uh, but yeah, so. As we um, as we mentioned, uh, the official Bandcamp title of this track is "The Darkness in the Trees." So, yeah, that that, that final boss track that yeah. was the one you asked me to check out, right, Bedroth? Yes. Well, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I was look. I, in my honest opinion of it, I agree with the sentiment that it is. It's far too busy f- on your. I'm going to say your rhythmic structure underneath of it. There's uh, when you're having some, a really busy um, melodic idea, you kind of need a nice firm rock. So um, if it's stepping in time with it, like if they're both going at like an eight, like a, I, I find within myself, I, I struggle with 
So like if it's if it's just using whole notes as your your bass underneath to just to, even to begin with, because you move from your melodic ideas really quickly. Like the track goes through a lot of different ideas very fast, and I like where it's going. It's just that sometimes you have this wonderful melodic lead line going on, and then you have an unnecessary amount of busyness underneath of it that you just need to let that melodic line breathe. And so if if you start yeah, off with just lot. like the whole notes. If you start with the whole notes right underneath of it, like I often compose in like blocks where it's just like, this is my chord underneath of it. And this is it for one, two, three, and four. And I might get rid of that later, but like I start with that. And then once I've established that this is my idea with the whole note underneath of it, then I'll I'll add in the bass afterwards, just so that the listener is like, okay, I understand this idea. I have this ostinato in my brain. Now I can now process new cool information. Unless your bass and your other one are both moving in the same uh, rhythmic pattern but I mean obviously things are always different they always changing but at least with that yep. specific track that's where I felt with it it's good feedback cool. and it it puts me the metaphor that kind of came to my mind <clears throat> is when you want to watch a juggler versus when you want to watch like a tap dancer or a river dancer on the one, you're watching everything that's happening above the waist. Like, you're watching everything he's juggling, uh, all that, so, so, a whole lot going on. With the tap dancer, you're watching the feet, because that's where the show is. But yeah, if you watch a juggling tap dancer, your eyes are always going to be wondering where to land, like where to settle. And so think about that with your music. You've got the above mm. above stuff difficult. with, like, your melody, yeah. your horns, yeah, your guitars and stuff. And then you have your yeah, that- below stuff with the bass, the drums. And you want to you want to balance it out so your listener kind of knows, their mind knows what to settle on. Yeah, that's the biggest struggle I had. Like when I went to audio school, that's what he told me like right out the way. It's like, I'm listening to your music and all I know is I don't know what I'm supposed to be listening for. So a lot of that you can solve in mixing. So if you want a really busy, interesting rhythmic pattern underneath, you just have to drop it in the mix. So you got to keep your melodic idea still strong and in front. And if you're going to switch instruments, you got to bring... If that instrument's got to come in, it's got the other one's got to come down. It's got to dip, and that's why the mixing aspect is so terribly hard to do on something like Flat.io, where it's just straight MIDI, no velocity. Because if I'm playing a piano part on my piano, I can play it heavier when it needs to be heavy, but then I can play it lighter when it needs to be lighter. And that part is super important when you're switching which instrument is using is supposed to be the the melody and which one's supposed to be your harmony. <clears throat> Sweet. Yeah, and I think it's the the impulse is you have all these ideas and you want to like use them all. Um, I know that some composers will keep while they're working they'll keep another screen open and if they have a really really cool idea but it just doesn't fit from the song or it takes away from another part of it they'll put it down in the other notes section and use that as like the seed for a future idea so that way you don't you don't lose yeah. your creativity you just kind of postpone it and sometimes you come back to it later and you're like man this was really cool in the moment but now i'm not really feeling it and sometimes you come back later and you listen to it and it inspires a whole new thing so um i, I have like on 200 one minute demos <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pause for a second and let Shukapal listen to this track because there's a specific reason I picked this one and I want him to, to hear it. I want to see if he if he picks up on it. Darkness in the trees. 
Thing is, this sounds a lot like Fantasy Life. I'll take that as a compliment as how much you love it. Yep. <laughs> I think I, I originally had wrote this to be on cello, and it was supposed to be uh, like a heavy, dark song. But then when I adapted it to this purpose, I changed it to like a marimba. Yeah, you've got the marimba vibraphone sort of instrument. And then, see here, when it's it's kind of doing the the trills, the arpeggios, going up and down, you've got a four on the floor. But then when you get here, the bass, doom, doom, doom. The, the marimba spreads out a little bit more and it's not quite as busy so it's kind of that trade-off that ryan was talking about we're talking about a transition at about the 50 second mark oh yeah and then at one minute there's a there's some kind of strum sounds like a strummed string instrument that comes in i really love the layering of the instruments in this track and i am a sucker for mallet percussion that was my jam back in college See, to me, this is transitioning. It doesn't sound as much like Fantasy Life now as it does like another game that I know you love. Can it you does tell? sound a lot like from Banjo-Kazooie. Like, like what? It, do- it does sound a lot like the, the grunty themes from Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie, exactly. Yeah. So. Yes, I saw in the email. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Once, <clears> you, once you... you... I saw in the email, I'm too smart for you. <laughs> you pay attention to me. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and come back from that. Um, back to the the final okay. boss theme. I, oh yeah, real quick. Um, melody is my strong suit, and I think I got that main sort of melody after you know the whole trumpet violin thing in the intro, like the one that comes in right after that that I carry throughout the rest of the song, sort of. Mm-hmm. You, you say melody is your strong suit. You you do really good percussion work. Um, yeah, you're like you're like learning it, but it's um. But yeah, it's uh. You you pick up more as you go, and I do think that a school like Ryan's talking about is also yeah. a good thing because then you get like structured feedback and specific direction. Um, it's really hard to create in a vacuum, in my experience. When you're working with other people, a lot of times you you keep things fresh that way. Um. Go to music school and us is going to go to art school. <laughs> Such lucrative careers. <laughs> Nobody right. will be living out playing, of their parents' basement. Playing Minecraft on the internet for a living. All right. Um, Let's yeah, go. But the, the final boss theme, <clears throat> phase two thing, uh, Bedroth said he really liked it. The second phase one. Second phase two, yeah. The when you sl- after you slowed it down a little and stuff, or oh no, like oh you just mean like the the yeah, phase two, yeah, the phase okay, two gotcha. one. Okay, the one well, that let's come you in the car. Let's come back. <clears throat> that was the darkness in the trees, and we were talking quite a bit about this as we were listening to it.
So that was Bites and Scratches from Catlandia, Crisis of Poor Pawprint, the first battle theme that we're going to be listening to tonight. Now, Ryan, do you know what this is called on your computer? Uh, yeah, it's called Battle Theme or Artillery Pounding. Ooh, I kind of like Artillery Pounding. Well, all right, let's give it a listen, and when we come back, we'll talk a little more about the composition of this track. All right. I really do like this one a lot. It's fun. All synths, it's baby. Those. Yeah. RPG battle horns. <laughs> and synths. You've got all these games with one battle theme, like Catlandia and Paper Mario Color Splash, and especially Chrono Trigger. <laughs> and then you've got Mother 3 over here with... <laughs> uh, like a different theme for every enemy, almost. Yes. <laughs> It's kind of what I was going for too. But this is yeah, but this yeah. is really cool. Python scratches is really good. I uh I just realized in hindsight something. it's like I probably would have not made it all synths when it's the only synthetic track that's entirely synthetic on this album. <laughs> but <laughs> see to Maybe me that's kind of cool. I was a bit more symphonic I think it harkens back to to me it almost sounded intentional like it was trying to harken back to like the the RPG games of yore on in like the 16-bit era because this totally sounds like it could be in like a Final Fantasy game on the SNES <laughs> which is what people or tell me and now maybe, I tell like myself a, that's what I did Shining Force on Genesis <laughs> nice you change it's definitely your, your one of the most yeah, my internal reason of why I did it is now changed because at one uh, demo that we did, they're like, oh man, I like the Final Fantasy vibes. I'm like, yeah, that was intentional. Sure. <laughs> when people hear things in your music that you didn't even mean to put there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a anyway. probably the fastest song. We're in the part around uh, on this game. Yeah. Listen to the part around the 145 mark with all of the like the synthy arpeggios and stuff, all the runs. It's really cool. Like th- those 30 second runs that you were talking about not having in the darkness and the trees. Yeah, especially I, uh, at 180. It's fast. I just realized how common of a name Ryan is. Because my Very who, common. <laughs> yes. My buddy who has um, like an idea for an RPG that like he's gonna you know, sometime soon I try and start learning coding, and I'm gonna like go to music school, and we're gonna like maybe get a team and work on the game together. Like he has he has an idea for it, and it's, it just sounds really cool. So I was cool. like, hey, you need some music for that. Anyway, yeah. So wait, RJ? Yes. His, his, name, is, his, his name is Ryan. Yes, his first name is Ryan. <laughs> wow. Well, since we're off mic, I can actually say it. it's funny, you know, how, how many parents there are out there who don't realize that you have to have a B at the front, or it's not really a name. It's not like a whole name. It's, it's Brian. Brian. Hi. Rock. Bryce. The um, amount of times that I have been called Brian, Byron. because apparently I cannot pronounce my The R's amount of times I've been called being. Kyle or Tyler. Yeah. Is I just why? <laughs> why? Yeah, it, it happens a lot. I, I have um 
uh, my day job, I work on the phones, and so I always introduce myself as Brian. And lately, I have navigated to. Um, I work with people sort of like retirement plans, and lately, I've started working a lot more on pensions than on four hundred one k's. And uh, it's a really good thing this is off uh, the the record because this is super boring. Yeah. But pensions are much older types of retirement plans, and most of the time, yep. when you're drawing your pension, it's because you've retired. So a lot of the people I talk to are hard of hearing. And every day, at least one person, I'll say, this is Brian. How can I help you? And I'll say, Ryan, you say your name is Ryan? <laughs> like, uh, yes, yes, ma'am. That's fine. How can, how can I help you today? And it's just, uh, yep, happens a lot. Does the United States have a federal pension plan? Uh, not like an over... Like and everybody gets it. Federal pension. Uh, we, uh, I think, our our sim- similar thing there is Social Security, which everybody pays into out of their out of their payment. Um, the difference is, like, if you are a federal employee, then yes, you 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 draw a pension uh, as a federal employee. Um, but yeah, like, if you, you work for get a private company, pension as a Canada. Oh, like everybody cool. gets a yeah. base pension. Yeah, because y'all are all socialists then, up there. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really cool. It's a Canadian uh, pension plan. Everyone gets a base, but it's not like a lot. It's like probably you know, like fifteen hundred bucks a month. Like it's not great. And then your job, but at least you have some sort of something. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's fifteen hundred a month is better than a lot of people, honestly, that I talk to every day will get. It's it's crazy. Like, well, and then if you can't afford like a quality lodge like we have subsidized lodges so it's like 600 bucks a month and they take care of you and then you still have the rest of it to do whatever yeah and miraculously Anyways, your, your government socialism. is not you know buried in debt it's crazy it's yeah it's <laughs> uh, at least well, compared you know, to us lots of debt <laughs> yeah but compared to the well, u.s and all our capitalism we, we have so it, much debt man <laughs> It's hard to do socialism when you spend six hundred billion dollars on killing other people, and well, you say you can't spend twenty on socialism. Yeah, you yeah. could spend half uh, as much and still have a bigger military than anyone else. Yep, and then have three hundred billion oh, to yep. give to the poor. But anyways, what's choir, our next man. track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I may actually, w- with some creative bleeping for for things that we like to keep private, like our names, um, I, I may actually release a commentary version of this episode where we play like the the music over some of our talking because we're getting into some interesting stuff. We talked about some real life bites and scratches there, um, but yeah, bites and scratches. So that was bites and scratches from Catlandia Crisis of Four Paw Print. So let's listen to these, and we'll, when we come back, we'll talk a little about them, and then we'll get to Ryan's first song. Once again, this is Howdy from the Farm, 
followed by Sleepy Boy. This yeah. is probably one of my my favorite tracks, like melodically. It's very. Um, it borrows a lot melodically, not like the actual modes, but how compositional to Fort Pawprint. Yeah, very um, similar structure. Yeah, the style here is really is really cool. I like that as well. Again, you got that marimba kind of in the background, along with those those woodwind leads. It's really cool. I like this one a lot. Oh man, my favorite part was adding in those mariachi trumpets at some point, like in the forty-five mark. They're just. What's funny joy. is we actually just got there as we're listing. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> I like trumpet. I played that instrument. Yep. Shukapau as a I trumpet like, player. This is a trumpet. This part is a perfect like it's a perfect uh example of like the very first trumpet line is loud and everything beyond afterwards is quieter because I found that it was it got too distracting to have it at that same volume continuing onwards yeah trumpet is one of those instruments it's like notice me <laughs> yeah <laughs> notice me senpai so and also because i like it <laughs> ooh, ooh. i also love the uh right facing finger left facing the pitch finger. downing of the uh the flutes at certain points mm-hmm using the old i like how bender. the the endings of your songs a lot of time and like it keeps on like the the core melodic instruments and everything else kind of drops out i like that a lot all right i'm gonna go on the nighttime theme now we can go ahead and oh, the sleepy boy come back and uh, talk a little more as we as we listen to sleepy boy well we'll so give it about sleepy. a minute this is good oh he's so sleepy and that was Howdy from the Farm and Sleepy Boy from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Pawprint. Well, you mentioned uh, sometimes you like to you know, get a little bit dark and moody with some of the uh, the battle themes. And if I'm not mistaken, our next track, which is uh, your actually first pick of the night, is called A Spark in the Air. This, to me, has kind of that darker ring to it. Um, so when we come back, I will be interested to hear a little about this one. I Spoiler alert, oh. it's not a battle track. <gasps> it is the preamble to a, a battle track. Oh, so this is like the cutscene when you're talking to somebody that you're about to fight. <laughs> like those dogs in Whisker Woods. Alright, well, let's get into it, and we'll talk a little more when we come back. Alright. Yeah, Spock in the Air. This, for a long while, was my favorite track, until I had the DLCs. 
this is i think this was dan lawton's favorite track too it's really cool it is also a track that i made begrudgingly i can, uh, I can totally hear that <laughs> uh, it's also what it's a track that i made begrudgingly It turned out way better than I expected. Oh, I will be interested to hear about that. What were you saying, Chukabo? All right. Um, I don't know on the top of art. I don't know like what RJ's thinking for Aura, like uh, sprites and stuff, or like you know actual cartoony artwork like mm-hmm. Catlandia. You know, hand-drawn stuff like Hollow Knight or pixelated like cave story i'm using engineers sure, sure. for references here <laughs> anyway yeah uh yeah uh if he if he does go for like that cartoony hand-drawn style then i think dusk might uh might well might do well, that. i don't know i can uh, tell you that it yeah, is easier uh, to do hand-drawn than pixel art having worked with both um it all depends on how you plan on animating the actual artwork. Because both both are functional. Do you want to draw for RJ's game? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Like, I've done, in game jams, I've done straight-up watercolored, captured off a DSLR, and then you can just place the, the art asset on it. Um, you have to do some... I don't know if you have to do a little bit of work inside of Photoshop to make the backgrounds transparent so that you don't capture the actual background that you're drawing on or the medium you're drawing on unless you want like unless you're doing like actual concept art but when it comes to like animating characters um, as long as you can kind of come up with like a four part run cycle of like where the arms move and where the, like the other parts move like you can kind of use the in games depending on what you're using as an actual in-game engine you are able to animate limbs to a certain extent just using basic drawings yeah like adobe flash so pixel art is hard is super time consuming so if you're gonna it's, it's like a first time um like you'd have to do basically earthbound to like I'm not sorry not earthbound uh Toby Fox's game uh blanking on Undertale like you have to basically do Undertale and RPG Maker as like a first time game to actually like get something out substantial because when you start doing stuff like that's like Fez or Ter- Terraria where it's like 16 bit or even 32 bit those take a copious amount of time as a pixel artist to do that all and to animate it just as a as a as a game developer having to place every single pixel and then animate yeah yeah i would suggest um well we can go ahead and come back um shikabao should try participating in a global game jam go ahead in like january or any game jam just to start getting some compositional and working with teams and in-game engines and figuring out what unity and unreal and game maker is all about anyways back to the game uh, what's what's game jam uh, um we'll talk about that on our next our next uh, break yeah okay. uh.
Alright. <clears throat> and also, can I get foods in, huh? Uh, that was, um... Hold on a second. That was a spark in the air, and yeah, this was definitely a, a different sound than a lot of what we've had so far. This track is called Build It Up. All right. And we can talk a little more about it when we come back. Okay, now you can eat more graham crackers, you can about. <laughs> Man, now I can't, I, I just can't get my mind off Pikmin now. Like, I was thinking of the level design and how they, how they reused some of the areas. Like, uh, in the first Pikmin game, the, um, the, the Forest of Hope is the first area you get to after the impact site, which is just a tutorial level. Um, and yeah, that, um, what was I about to say? Um, they reused that in Pikmin 2 as the Awakening Wood. It's just like a reskin of the map. And they did the same thing with, I think it's, it's called a Distant Spring, is like the fourth area. And... They reused that as the perplexing pool in the um, in the third area on Pikmin 2. Ryan, you're getting a little preview of what I think most of our uh, Pikmin episode is going to be yes. like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm so, listening to build it up on Pikmin. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, the fourth area, which is the post game area on Pikmin 2, uh, they reused the first area on the fifth area the impact site and then the final boss which is literally just the final boss uh yeah they reused those for the wistful wild oh yeah game jams i should probably tell you about that because you were curious and then, um so oh, yeah, game what jam. a global game jam game is oh, yeah. is that you make a video game in 48 hours using either new assets pre-built spaghetti code um so you find a team of like five people. So you have like a programmer, an artist, a musician, and you have 48 hours to build a game. And usually it's like a couple stage demo or something like that. Sometimes they're really elaborate and really good. And sometimes the game doesn't even compile, but it allows you to actually work with people and write music and things like that and actually work with people and start to get a taste of what game development's actually like if you want to go into that field. That, that sounds really cool. And yeah, I'm actually surprised. So I, I know I don't know if like to you before. I've heard about these quite a bit in the in the So industry. every year yeah, go, ahead. go ahead, Ren. Global Game Jam is every year in like the end of January and it's the whole entire world. So I'm sure there's a Texas team that you can join either at this point it's remote, but there might even be an in-person one next year that you could actually go and I don't stay there at some place for 48 hours and build a game 
with people in person and then actually get an idea to like what dot works and how things work go um i may suggest using an actual daw to make your music instead of flat.io just for in the actual sense of uh making the music exportable rather than just the midi instruments but that's i don't know nine months from now a good buddy of mine actually bought me a copy last year of um FL Studio, uh, Prof. And Jeff, he, actually, he I, I can name drop him. Out how to use and it. this summer, Shukapau and I are going to sit down and really dig in and learn FL um, because uh, I think that, I mean, since we own it and it's like a full featured system, I think it'll be a good one for him to springboard into. And um, cool. you can also, if you wanted to, Shukapau, you could um, export some of your MIDI's from flats and import them into FL and you can like replace them. I think that's Ryan, you've actually done that with a couple of his tracks. Haven't you? I have, that's how I sent you back the ones. And then I had to do some changing of the velocity and things like that. Cause it doesn't export velocity, but you can definitely do a deep dive and change out instruments and see how you like it and mix and master. All right, well, let's go ahead and come back. Uh, pause your chewing for just a second, and then when Ryan starts talking, you can chew again. Um, <laughs> um, I had to pause for a second because Shukapau is going to refill his water. Um, <laughs> you're getting some behind-the-scenes stuff here, listeners. Yeah, but it's... it's. I would be so intrigued with a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't want to see my face house. every week. <laughs> The, the, pix, the pixelated version that uh, that Ben did and the cartoon version that that Carlos did are, are perfectly suitable. I'd, I'd much rather my real-life face look like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so <clears throat> this... Shukapau is almost back. So okay. you're two cool, hours cool. behind us, is that right? One. So it's 8.30 right now. One, okay. Oh, sorry, it's nine, sorry, it's 9.30 right now. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, cool. I'm back, boys. All right. Exciting. Fight Shoot, Neo. Any uh, any words for build it up before we move on to the next next track? Not really. It's just it's this cool. And that was build it up, and I really really like this track. It puts me in mind of nothing so much as like a dwarven mine. There you go. So next, we're going to listen to "Fight in the Yard." Imagine it's a cutscene theme. Okay, no. It's a. Yeah. Mom. There's no actual fighting. They're just I, hugging. 
I stole your quarters. Give. Uh, I will probably be done in about probably 30 minutes. We talked a lot. <laughs> we did talk a lot. That is a thing that. But we we're did. we're on the home stretch, I think. So. Oh man, I recorded a podcast with uh, <laughs> Volt Supreme recently. So some of these tracks will be on Volt oh, Supreme's Synth VGM Dreamstream Machine. Um, some of my favorites. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Shout out. And we went for like four and a half hours. I, I'll bet. Because after yeah, we man, recorded, I... <laughs> after we recorded the Catlandia stuff, you know, like it was like six songs. And he's like, okay, now let's do our episode based on cat music. I'm like, sweet. And so, like beforehand, he's like, so how many tracks do you have? I'm like, I don't know, Except five, six. He's like, okay. I was hoping we were gonna do ten each. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I gotta get some songs. <laughs> like, so twenty songs. <laughs> Oh, that was a. That's yep. yeah. So it ended up being a two-parter. Yeah, I have learned that uh, for an hour of audio, you're probably going to be recording for two or two and a half hours, and we had like three, three and a half hours for our two-part uh, ten tracks each uh, episode. So yeah, I can just imagine. But all right, so shoot about we're going to listen to a little bit of "Fight in the Yard," and then we'll come back and talk about it. Oh, you just you're just starting this. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll dial it back. This is an intense track. Someone's someone's like beating the beating the drum here. Yeah. That is Shukapau's fingers on the entertainment center. <laughs> he has no concept for how the sound waves travel through the wood and into the microphone <laughs> at a very, very loud velocity. <laughs> <laughs> this is so more sound design. Here's what that looks like. <laughs> That's what that looks like. <laughs> nice. I'm showing him the waveform. I see. What was your question, Chukapo? So how do you do sound design? Well, there's two different ways, or I guess three different ways of doing sound design. There is uh, ADSR synthetic sound design. So that's using a synthesizer and you're using the attack delay sustain and the other part of the R that I'm blanking on. Um, But it's basically using a synthesizer itself to make the noises like they did back with the original video games. So you either use a triangle wave, a pulse wave, a sine wave, and so then you just use the attack or the, the, the ADSR to change whether or not it opens or closes and you, uses, you use envelopes. So you use all the components of a synthesizer to actually just create a sound. So instead of using it for a melodic reason, like they did like with most music, it's like they use the NES, they use, like, they use it to make noise. So that is the first part of sound design. The other aspect of sound design is recording a sound effect and then either it being the sound effect you want and that being it or going into it in post-production 
and using different techniques such as delay or reverb or pitching it or slowing it down or altering it with many different ways to make it sound the way you want it to. And then there's the third style, which is uh, sound editing, which is taking, it's the same idea as that, but you're taking pre-made sounds or pre-made sound effects, which is what I do a lot of. So it's like I have a sound library. And so I'll take a very small snippet of a sound and then I'll start layering other sounds on top of it to make one big sound or one long sound. But it's all made of, of other sounds. So it's like I'll listen to the sound of a fan, but I'll just take the very little bit of a fan and then I'll add it and I'll layer the sound of a sword underneath of it. And then maybe I'll, I'll make the sound of like a bottle of water being crushed. And so I just start layering all those sounds to make one cohesive sound. So those are the three ways that you create sound design. Yeah, a lot of it is thinking outside the box. I've done, I guess the this is taking me back. I have done a little bit of sound design, I guess, in my day. Um, I did some radio work with my dad's radio station back when I was in high school. And I, uh, at one point, was doing like a Sunday thing. And my concept was there was a book that was sort of... Um, supported or produced by the band members of DC Talk, but it was really written by folks from a group called The Voice of the Martyrs, and it was a book about like Christian martyrs, and uh, my Sunday afternoon... Yeah, like, I saw Dave Musselman was actually in our church like a month ago from Voice of the Martyrs. Oh, wow. Cool. So yeah, Small World. I don't know if you've ever seen this book, but the cover looks yeah. like the cover of the Jesus Freak album from back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. And it's just... And it's, okay. um, uh, I think it's actually called Jesus Freaks is what the name of the book was. But um, I I've, would, I've seen that book. <laughs> I would read the, uh, the story of it and then put a little bit of music down under it. And at one point I was reading the story of Stephen, the first martyr, and I wanted to throw in some sound effects. And, uh, you know, so it was gritty. It was real. It wasn't like a, a like a, you know like a for kids or cartoony take on things so obviously it's about martyrs so it's gonna get dark um i wanted i was looking for some sound effects for the actual like stoning scene and of course you're not going to go through and i'm using cds sound libraries because this is again late 90s and i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> um and the radio station had all these cds and so i'm just looking through and listening to them and looking for something that sounds like a what like a guy getting hit with a rock and um Oof. Uh, first, I, I found an angry crowd sample, which was nice for the crowd thing. What I eventually settled on was um, a boxing match. It was just the audio of like the punches mm. and the grunts from a boxing match, and I it was it was perfect. And I found a couple of specific spots in it, took those out, it was cut and pasted in SoundForge, which is like the older professional version of Audacity. Yeah, cut and pasted from I Soundforge, had Soundforge. Yeah, put put them in under the uh, angry crowd, and it sounded like exactly what I had pictured in my mind and so it's really cool when you can like find the different things like Ryan's talking about and put them together and it comes together in 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 a way that you imagined and sometimes it comes from an unlikely place yeah a lot of uh, Catlandia sounds are like swords and punches and things like that that have all been manipulated and edited into different ways but yeah, my yeah, dad still works it, at a radio station. 
Um, looks, uh, he's on an AM radio station. <laughs> what does he? What does he do? Uh, he is a morning show. Uh, I guess disc jockey. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Positive. He's yeah. It's like AM nine thirty. The light. My dad is a. Uh, Basically, he plays music and then reads scripture and does little like two-minute sermons and things like that for like six to eight a.m. for the daily morning commuters. Uh, my dad has done some morning show work, but where he really shines is he has a, a Saturday night uh, rock and roll show that goes, and now it goes for four hours. It used to go for Ooh. six hours, and um, you can listen to it on uh, Radio FM. Uh, I, I need to find it. I can I can link to it or or send y'all send you a link if you're ever interested but it's uh, like 50s 60s 70s 80s rock so it's like oldies and um oh but, yeah but he also does a lot of or at one point he did he doesn't do it as much anymore but he did a lot of the production work he would edit a lot of other people's commercials and find music and find sounds that went with them and so that he's really where i learned a lot of just my my basics for this stuff and that's cool that your dad's also in radio how long has he been doing it uh, he went to radio school like in the seventies and then, uh, he kind of did part-time radio at places he like, like radio free stuff. And it wasn't until probably 2000 and like f- 13, 12 that he actually got like a, uh, a job getting paid to do radio. So huh. he was already My dad- in his mid fifties or something. Yeah, I think my dad went to uh, radio school in the 60s, um, so he's a little bit older, and he did, uh, um, he pretty much did that for, for the rest of his life after that. He, he moved around in different places and did different things, but we are we are rambling again. Yeah. This is super interesting. Shoot, Kapat, did we answer your question about what rambling. sound design is? Yes. <laughs> um, well, cool. All right, let's go ahead and come back. This is a really fun track, so I'll be interested. I'll be All right. really cool to hear about it. That was Fight in the Yard from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Paw Prince. It's a statement on our society and truths that are really true in this world. And we need to open our eyes that we live in a world that is flat and that the government, the the government, not just a government, but the government is trying to keep us out of the utopia that is in Antarctica because Antarctica is a giant 500 foot ice wall like in Game of Thrones that surrounds the whole planet and the North Arctic is the center of the planet and the earth is flat. Uh, (laughs) The the, the next next track is Twilight (laughs) Gravel. (laughs) Oh, is it? Oh, I'm <laughs> so, yeah. on the diatribe to the wrong song. Oh, you, you know what? We're gonna go out of order a little bit because now I can't, I can't not go to the world is flat next. And then when we come back, you can talk about this song well, and you then know tell what? me you can, you can just cut it. 
That's right. I can cut it. Dun. You can just cut it. J- Edit. S- snip, snip, snip. Abort. Snip. Abort. <laughs> Not so much. Um, next, we're going to listen to oh. Twilight oh. Gravel. And when we come back, we're going to listen a little bit to uh, the story of, of this song and where that title comes from. Okay, now continue your thought. <laughs> my, my, my thought of the world is flat. No, I just put my foot in my mouth. That's all. No, that was amazing, dude. That was I, I, I've got to cut it. And you're, that was that was wonderful. That is actually a flat earther thing. Yeah, yeah, that is. That is the basic yeah, idea. Is actually a flat earther thing. Yeah, you see, there's actually the reason why the government won't let you go to the Antarctica, and it's only a research station, is because it surrounds the whole planet. Is Antarctica. And beyond Antarctica is a perfect utopia society where all the rich lizard people, now the lizard people's added in, is where, like, the true, like, that's where, like, Jeff Bezos lives. All right? That's where the billionaires live. (laughs) All right. We're listening now to Twilight Gravel. Uh, Tight. I'll turn it on. An animation YouTuber I watch, he, uh, he, he made a video about a thing today. It was like... The YouTubers called the odd ones out. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Um, uh, he, made, he made a video about apparently this thing that's, that's going on. It's like there's this trend on TikTok like people trying to shift their consciousness into alternate realities. It's based on the multiverse theory and physics but yeah, these people believe that you can actually like astral project yourself into the consciousness of one of your other selves in one of these alternate realities and which then is, live in that reality. Which is stupid because that's just lucid dreaming with extra steps. Yeah. <laughs> like, more people need to know about lucid dreaming. Uh, Shukapau has gotten on a lucid dreaming kick lately. How's that going? Eh. Have you Have you lucid dreamed? Once. <laughs> Cool. And my alarm woke me up then, <laughs> which is very unfortunate. <laughs> Listen yeah. to this track now, because I want you to talk about I, it. This I is a cool listening. track. We're at about the 120 mark with the. She doesn't like it. With a sort of, I I never know what to call this, but it's like a robotic sort of. Oh yeah, I'm at the same part. That's not the melody. <laughs> no. It's not natural killer cycle. This sounds like Xenoblade. I, this this guitar has got a really kind of kind of Arabian scale thing going on. Those yeah. Xenoblade strings, though. I love Xenoblade strings so much. This does sound kind of like something you would hear in like the the more mechanized levels of Xenoblade. Yeah. Or areas, I should say. Man, I really like Bowser's Fury music. <laughs> I don't know why my brain does that. It just goes off on random things. Well, a lot of people's brains go off on random things, but because you are still so young, you do not have the filter to be like... Hmm, that is a cool thought. 
But I should not say that thought right at this minute because it doesn't necessarily fit. So <laughs> we get a lot of nice little non sequiturs with you, and I think it's fun. Honestly, I just do it because it's funny. <laughs> it is. Our listeners get a lot out of the oh, answers. Usually I just try and me. tell jokes, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> yeah, but hey, when I try and tell jokes, <laughs> it doesn't always turn out very funny. Oh, all right. Because you're a dad. <clears throat> oh, mm. sick burn. All right, let's go ahead and come mm. back. I prefer passive-aggressive comments that you're never quite sure whether or not it's sarcasm or true. (laughs) Well, that's because you're Canadian, and you can say those things and still get away with being stereotypically polite. (laughs) (laughs) Nugget. Oh, yeah. Or nugget, yes. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Nugget. Oh, so shocking that Nugget's from Canada. (laughs) Canon. All right, let's get back. Canon. To... It is canon, Yo. actually. Yeah, Catlandia is in Canada. Nice. Catlandia. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did the cat go? Okay. Why does she keep disappearing? The cat's right there on the screen. Look at the cat. I, Nugget I, is enjoying the music on the headphones. The cat headphones. Um. Okay. Now, we are, we are back. That was Twilight Gravel from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Pawprints. So, yeah, as uh, Ryan just very eloquently puts, we are about to listen to the uh, not only a track from Catlandia, but also the title theme for a global movement. Wait, is it not? Is it a globe? No. No. It's not. It's not a, anyway, this is the world. <laughs> planar. The planar movements. This is the world is flat. <laughs> it's like people saying I don't use pronouns and then saying pronouns. Oh, no. I is a pronoun. Ah, I mean, I am a pronoun. No, wait. Ah, grammar. <laughs> yeah. And people uh, just don't under. When people grammar's just don't hard. understand what a pronoun is, they're just trying grammar to grammar is hard. A pronoun is a noun that is has gotten out of amateur status. Yes. Lost in the amateur words, status. In the words of Bill Watterson, <laughs> a pronoun is a noun that's lost its amateur status. All joking aside, this track is intense and cool. Yeah. I like these strings, which Kyler always, or which Shukapau always relates to Xenoblade. <laughs> yes. Xenoblade. But in this instance, it does sound like a Mechon showdown. <laughs> yeah. This was also another song for the MMO that I, one of those tracks that is like, ooh, I like this one. But I made this song so what's twice the story as long. Behind the MMO? The MMO? What's, uh, he said, what's the story in the MMO? Is that- yo, yo, what's the story behind the MMO? 
Uh, you mean you the story, just, like, not the plot, but the story uh, behind him? Yeah. Uh, if you just type into your Google's Legion Eternal War. So I think, I think, I think he was actually away from the... You can find the game. I think he was away from the um, headphones when you mentioned earlier that you had started, like, that you would develop for this uh, Call oh, of Duty it mod. it was Command & Conquer mod. Or Command & Conquer mod. Uh, the Command and Conquer. Oh, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was basically a fan made of like a new Command and Conquer game that never went anywhere. And I think I was only in the project for like a few months before it went dead. But I wrote songs for it. No. But yeah, the MMO that I was working on was Legion: The Eternal War, and. Uh, I, I couldn't handle the development cycle of it because I just wasn't confident the game was ever going to come out and they started taking pledges and kickstarting and taking people's money and I was like I don't know if this game's ever going to take off I'm going to abort from this project because I don't want my name attached to a game that's took money and might never come out. So I'm out. <laughs> oh, good on you, man. That's yeah. That, Cause that's some shady stuff and it could be hard when you're, when you're like, when you've devoted time to a certain project and you've like kind of got a dog in the fight, but you don't want to, it's good to know when to, when to cut ties that that's, that's, that's a very useful skill in the real world. Yeah. So like they, relaunched again for like the fourth time of like taking people's money so I like because he always says okay we're gonna you know you know there was the first time I was in the project and then the project went dead and then it revived again and then this time it kind of went further and then it went dead again because like the person who runs the project is kind of toxic as a person so the third time that uh, it booted okay. back up that was like the third basically he'd build a team they start building the game everybody leaves builds a new team get further on the game everybody leaves and so there's like this is the fourth time that he's built a team and this time i was like i didn't even try and like after the third time when he actually started taking money and then the project went like dead or silent for like eight months and then they rebrand the relaunched their discord and started being like yeah let's take money again and i was like oh man i'm scared anyways yeah. my song is done in anyways, my head yeah okay. it's done mine too all right um so You had a um, thought and you lost it? No, I didn't. I'm just debating whether or not to wait. Go ahead. We can have one more tangent before we come back. Alright, well. Um, uh, I've got this thing with some people on Twitter that we might be doing this summer. Um, it's like a sort of Minecraft server thingy with like some plot and stuff like a roleplay thing, and um, so you're like injecting your own story into Minecraft. Yes, um, but the twist is it's going to be in hardcore mode. So if we die, then we die. 
<laughs> Unless there's, you know, some plot stuff. That's one way to cut the story short. Did this song with its its awesome moody ambience make you think about all that? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Just <laughs> you totally could have just built on that. And just, yeah, yeah, this song is so cool. I think, think I'm going to use it for the theme song. <laughs> eh. All um, right. The, the thing is, like, whenever I do a project or something, it usually just sort of flops and dies. I don't know why. That is not uncommon, especially when you're young, but even in, in the world. But, you know, as Ryan it's just like said. every single time. But as Ryan just said, sometimes projects don't don't work yeah. out. And then yeah. Cat Landy yeah, is the like first Cat one Landy that, <laughs> other than Cat Landy and Pandora, those are the only two games that I've worked on that have launched out of who knows how many projects. Like, I've done a lot of game jams and I've started and a lot of projects, but usually... Uh, especially as like here's a piece of advice from a composer standpoint um, don't join projects that are early in development because what, what's in what's going to end up happening is you start writing music for a game that is four years away from being made the music that you write is four years later like obviously Catlandia was my very first one so definitely no issues there and I knew the project was eventually going to come out like we rebuilt the game three times before it came out but like when it comes to like i just want my music in a game it's best to like try and find an indie project that's like already has a demo out or because the hard part is about something already having a demo out is they probably already have like an artist but so that's why it's really hard and you have to really kind of pick and choose your projects and pick something that actually has like a good amount of work done but it's at that stage of work is done but we don't have music left because audio is usually the last thing that comes into a game so otherwise you're going to be waiting on a project and hoping that it, it pans out and also don't be afraid to pull your music if it doesn't work out and just you repurpose it yeah yeah every um you don't you don't really learn from success success can give you a boost and can kind of carry you forward but where you learn is from failure and uh, or from hardship or from struggle you don't necessarily have to fail but if if a project just like comes together super easy then that can be nice but you don't necessarily like you don't really grow from it but when there's some struggle when when you have to really work for things and work through things that's where that's where you that's where the learning comes from and um i think the whole minecraft hardcore thing server it um i think we're sort of going through that because the only thing we really have to keep this alive right now because i don't have discord yet is <laughs> a twitter group chat which they do have a sort of trend of dying off <laughs> but like we still got uh five or so people regularly active in the chat and that's another thing that's good is having a team of people that are kind of dedicated to yeah. it so that's that's also good. Um, we've tried finding some people, and like the of us who are like sort of more active in the plot and stuff, and we're here since the very beginning. Like uh, we're still sort of here, and we're uh, if if some more people leave the project, like we'll probably try and see if we can find more later on. I don't know when it's actually closer to development and they're not going to get bored and leave. All right. 
well, good luck with that, and um, we'll, we'll see what we can. We'll see thing. what we can do. Let's go ahead and get back into the into the talking. Um, and uh, this is we'll have one more song after this. And uh, but yeah, let's talk about <clears throat> yeah. All right, and that was the world is flat. Uh, all right, Ryan, tell us about this track. The name of this track is Hammered Concrete, and yeah, so mm. let's go ahead and take a listen to this, and when we come back, I will be very enthusiastic to hear Ryan's enthusiasm for this particular piece. Oh, you're about to get ready to rip and tear. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I heard this, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, oh, yeah. This is metal, man. <laughs> Oh, it's metal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, um, this is another this is another prog track that goes on a journey. All right, yeah. I don't remember if it was uh, either Nate or Dan or Volts. That said, it's like, I have never before complimented someone on putting together xylophone and electric guitar. <laughs> I don't know either, but that, that sounds like something that would come out. <laughs> that sounds like something that would come out of our community. Yeah, this first section is like... It's like somewhat um, inspired by Doom and Gent. That sounds like Xenoblade. The night. <laughs> Everything goes into Xenoblade eventually. Definitely hear your your symphonic metal influence in this one. I, I really like this. Yeah. And then it goes this into piano a piano riff here. Uh, Castlevania. Hmm. Yeah, it was hard for me to find the balance of like where to sit the guitar to keep the intensity, with because it's such a hopeful uh, and happy little riff. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. 
around the two minute mark it goes into my castlevania uh inspired violin riff And then it goes into my Between the Buried and Beneath uh, Big Top Circus, which is a play on because you're the top of a tower. So it's my big top. Oh, man. <laughs> this sounds like a creepy carnival at, at 2.30. Definitely hear that Castlevania yeah. thing you were talking about. got that it has like this little vibe that I want to go clap clap shimmy <laughs> shimmy clap clap so anyway um yeah. Kapel, what, mm-hmm. there was one Z- more thing what was what's that xylophone yeah, um, guitar so that that minecraft hardcore server thing I um uh one of the one of the people who was involved in the project their twitter account actually got suspended so they could only really communicate through like the discord with one of the other members uh they're actually the two people who are sort of chatting about the plot together mostly um so yeah uh their twitter account account got suspended so they just made a new one and so they're back now (laughs) Nice, nice work around there. Are you in the uh, the Nightwish esque yeah. guitar solo? And then back to the xylophone. To I think we're like exactly the same place you are. <laughs> to circle back. Yeah. This is really cool, man. Also, uh, my house that I have planned out for this server requires a lot of materials from the Nether. Yeah, we talked about that several episodes ago. Yes. I was talking about, like, like nether grass and nether sky. Yes. Well, let's not go there again. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. And also materials from the new, oh, man. like, underworld that we have in Minecraft now. <laughs> Speaking of materials and, and building and tools and stuff. Concrete. That was Hammered Concrete our final uh, in-episode track of the night, not counting our play-out. Okay, I'm going to say all that again with Shukapau not squirming around in the chair. That was Hammered Concrete from Catlandia Crisis at Fort Pawprint, our last in-episode track before we get into our uh, still-as-yet-undetermined play-out track. So uh, the way this works, Ryan, is again, uh, I'll say 
play very good games, shoot comparisons, play be very good people, and then you can say keep listening to very good music, and that's basically it. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get to that? Um, nothing other than my life is a dumpster fire, and thank you for having me. <laughs> Oh. oh no man <laughs> okay. all right all right okay what is our closeout track going to be i think the best way to describe a tease is with a teaser and this was our teaser this is the catlandia trailer theme for our first game trailer which i wrote for a game jam for a game that didn't work very well. But I figured, hey, while I'm repurposing music for everything else, let's repurpose this for this too. All right then, well, I guess until next time, everyone, as always, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music, yeah. And that's a wrap. Was that auto-tune? No, that's my that's my sweet audible chocolate. You know it. Oh, alright. That is perfect. Alright, I'm gonna hit stop then. 